You are listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. Look at you arranging all of your pieces of glass. I was just waiting for that bit, that bumper. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, Matt. Hey, Cam. Hey, dude. What's going on? A little insight to the world of us here in our little container. So when Cam does the show each week, he has a multitude of devices. Screens. Yeah, you like... uh, I got two screens. You like one of those election analysts. Two... (laughs) <laughs> and you got your iPads, and sometimes the lappy makes an appearance, and the phones over here just in case someone texts. Yeah, it's the nerve center. Yeah, Cammy Green. <laughs> they, they call Campany us Anthony Green. Anthony Green, uh-huh. uh, coming to you, brought to you by Glass. Um, good afternoon, everybody. It's lovely to have you here on this. Well, maybe the best radio station in the free world. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, I'll go definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, um, it's great to be here. It's great to be in your living room. It's great to be in your car. It's great to be in your device, wherever you may be, mm-hmm. whatever hemisphere you might happen to be in. Mm. And uh, a big thanks to the great craniums that uh, elucidate so well about matters science. The Einstein and Gogo crew. Have they gone yet? No, they're, 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 wow, still. they're still hanging around. Yeah, Usually they just go boom. A couple of after-on-air experiments to conduct. Oh, maybe. Yes, they do. Litmus papers out. It is uh, Edith 19th of the 616. That means a few things, I suppose. One is that Community Cup is coming up next week. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, And another one is that um, um, as we move towards um, this, I'm almost, God, it's almost hard for me to say it. (laughs) The what? The thing where we where we vote for for people. That's coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Oh, mate, so it's, it's almost stop. here, Cameron. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it has been it has been a bit of a grind this one. Oh, it's not? just been awful. But we won't dive okay, too much mate, down Pat, that path. Yeah, you know what Matt says to me? Just yeah. to, just to know, Matt and I have known each other for a few whiles, and Matt sort of heads me off at the pass every now and then. <laughs> He'll just look at me and go. Well, we don't really know, need to go into political cynicism, do we, Cam? No. And I'll go, all right. We'll turn that dial down. But one thing we do want to just uh, keep bubbling along is, of course, Keep Community Radio, the campaign to encourage um, what? whoever is elected on July the 2nd to... Save re- our digital signal. Yeah, refund the, trans- the digital transmission of community radio. So, if, What uh, can listeners do, Matt? Uh, well, it's really now, it's really about the, um, petition, the, the coalition. So, cause all the other parties have said, yeah, we'll do it. So cool. Excellent. <laughs> but what was your time- Christopher Walken? Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. That's when someone asked him if he could run for the president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. So hassle your, um, your, either your liberal or your national party candidate and right. say, and say that you really want them to refund DAB transmissions for, um, for community radio. What's but what I'd on? also say, if they haven't done already, they yes. could go to uh, Sign the petition. communityradio.org.au. That's and keepcommunityradio.org.au. Yeah, keep community. Yeah. Sorry, it's just obscured by the yeah. uh, the thing. Oh, yeah, you can't see it. I can't see it. Yeah. I can't see it. So what was it again? So there's no confusion? Keepcommunityradio.org.au. Keep community. Keep. That's what you did. Keep. Keep it. There you go. Call to action here on 3 FM. It's the food show. Yes. And you're all invited. No, you're all here. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's kind of good. Well, it's lovely to, to have you here. Uh, I suppose uh, to let you know what is coming up today. <sighs> what have we got? We've got a good show. I hope so. Yes. Um, we've got a bit of a, 
uh, Proustian sort of remembrance of things past. Mm. Have you ever read Remembrance of Things Past? You know what? I actually haven't. My, you... my literary uh, what, what? knowledge is is pretty shallow. It must be said. Really? Yeah. No huh. Proust. No Proust in this brain. No Proust in this head. No. Nah. Uh, and it's probably a good thing too, because it's really an immense waste of time. <laughs> really? Uh, well, it is. It's it's sort Put of that like book down. Yeah, Marcel Proust. I mean, wh- who was he? He was like some dude in the 19th century in yeah. France. What did he do? He ate a madeleine, huh? Yeah. Uh, and what is a madeleine? You ask. Uh, it is like a little sweety, little yeah, a little softy, spongy, cakey, spongy yummy cake in a very special uh, sort of mould. And he had this madeleine, and it, the memories kept just flooded back to yeah. his childhood. Yes, and he thought he'd write it all down. <laughs> yeah, and it went on for ages. But yeah. as a device, um, it's it's a really interesting thing in mm. that you know how food can be really evocative, and food can bring back memories. Mm. And um, we've got a couple things that sort of look into that. One is we um, we're resurrecting this recording that was made oh a few footy seasons ago with uh, one uh, Maximilian von Crawdaddy. Yes, Max von Crawdaddy. Oh, be still thy beating heart. Yes. I mean, Max, love you, Max. Um, Max, if you are listening, sits in this studio once a week and plays blues Thursday night on a Thursday night. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, and uh, has done for many years and mm. continues to uh, to do that. And uh, but he did a thing, uh, a poem called Pot Roast, which sort of goes into that. And we might sort of just ah, we're, we're going to play it for you. And uh, I think Max is actually Max is going to be at the Cherry today. He was saying. Yes, Cherry as, Blues. As he is, uh, 2 p.m., uh, band on at 3 p.m. And uh, it is quite exciting because it's Chris Russell's Chicken Walk. And uh, in honour of their return, apparently, Max is putting extra bourbon in the sweet chilli, sweet potato <laughs> chilli that's coming up, which is a bit of a, a signature dish of his. So anyway, that's coming up. So we're going to be looking at... Um, Food as 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 evocation, I suppose, yes. um, and um, and then there'll be a little bit more of food as evocation or remembrance of things past. In this case, remembrance of roomy past, even though it's in the present tense. It's mm. ten years old. Mm. Uh, so Joseph's coming in. Joseph Abud. In fact, he's here. He's behind you. There he is. Oh my God, he's here! <laughs> uh, Look at me, and he's just he's talking. Yeah. He's got his hat on. He's looking well. He is. Um, so he's going to be doing that. And then we've got John, M- John McClay, uh, mm. chef of Red Spice Road, and you wanted to describe it thus? I would say, and we said this on Twitter, I think Red Spice Road is one of Melbourne's great culinary success stories. It's a place I like taking tourists. Cause yes. Because it's, it's... On a laneway? It's on a laneway. It's yep. unexpected. It's massive. It's like big. It's absolutely huge. Yep. The food is reliably excellent. Mm. And here's something you don't often say about a lot of places around town. It's actually pretty good value, too. Yeah, I would say to you. Yeah, there you go. And uh, John McLean's mastermind subject is foods that suck. Two, three, four. Flavor. Ah, Did right. Work? Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, foods that suck in flavor. So um, we're looking at neutral things that uh, can take on flavor sponges, if you like. Mm. And we might talk a little bit about um, Vietnamese stews. Yes. Asian stews. The whole notion of... Um, Lovely warming sort of food for the winter. Yes, with uh, with a little bit of uh, an Asian accent. Yes, so that should be uh, kind of fun. 
And, um, yeah, we look, look forward to doing that. So before we uh, do go, we must say that we are surrounded by an embarrassment of beautiful pastry at the moment. Oh, we are indeed. This is... Um yeah, I feel very special this morning. Yeah, because we uh, there's a new kid in, on the block at uh, Smith Street with yes. a French accent. Gontran Cherrier. Come again? Uh, Gontran Cherrier. Oh, right. Yeah, man. Yes, um, yeah, Gontran. Gonny. Yes. Uh, Gontran is uh, an international pastry chef of, uh, of some note. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he's got heaps of places in Paris. He's sort of... All sorts of, uh, I think, Singapore, all the way through Asia, there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of places. And now it's come here, and I popped into Smith Street this morning. Yes. To a very, very busy little boulangerie. Yeah, right. Um, or play boulangerie. There you go, it's just yeah. for you again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the boulangerie. Uh, so then, uh, you know, I went to the boulangerie, and I went, gee, there's a lot of boulangers here. <laughs> and good boulange it was. No, there's, uh, we've got croissants. We've got an almond croissant. What did you eat? Yeah, the pan of chocolate. The pan of chocolate, which is great. Yeah, so anyway, they're, they're open and they're happening, and it certainly was when I went in there. Beautiful modern place. So is it on Smith Street? Yeah, 140. 140. Smith Street. So we are powered by by butter, flour. And a little bit of chocolate. A little bit of chocolate. <laughs> and goodness gracious me, that's a, that's a good thing. Now, coming up, um, you know that I have a little bit of an involvement with Sacred Heart Mission. You do. I do indeed. Well, stop I'm being humble. It's not a little bit. It's quite an involvement with those excellent people down there. Okay. Yes, yeah, good. God, you're making me blush. <laughs> and there is, I hate it when you do that. And there is an event. Actually, sounds really, really good um, right. on tomorrow night at Luxembourg. Where's in, Luxembourg? It's on Fitzroy Street in St Kilda. Who's the chef? The park. Uh, actually, I don't know. Who Chris is? Watson. Chris Watson. Hello, okay, Chris. Chris, if you are listening, he is a wonderful guy. Um, yeah, Luxembourg, mm. um, as well as we were looking and going, oh my God, they do mussels and f- frites on Wednesday nights. Yes. 25 bucks. That's one of my favorite places to go for more frites as well. Yeah. Okay. 25 bucks, I'm going to have to do that. It's not bad. But anyway, for, um, there's a dinner tomorrow night. One hungry bucks will get you many courses of food and wine to, uh, to match. Yes. Um, and, uh, the proceeds will go to Sacred Heart Mission. Which yes. is just fantastic. We think that's great. Uh, so not only is it great value for money, I think, a hungry. I think that's pretty good now. Well, that's not bad these days. Yes, it but is. There's only a few tickets remaining. So, yeah. And this is tomorrow night. So if you, if you have nothing on the shopping list for tomorrow night and you feel that you're nearby that sort of area. Yes. Um, and uh, also to let you know that there is one more, and then I won't talk about this too much and yes. hassle you all about it. But there is another one coming up. If you haven't been to Craft & Co. Yes. in Smith Street, there will be a 10-course pop-up winter food safari upstairs on the Wednesday, the 29th of June from 7 p.m. Now, you can either book through Sacred Heart yep. or go to Craft & Co. Yep. Um, I, I think that sounds great. That's another, that's 100 bucks for 100 that bucks one too. It's, it's $100 for a 10-course meal. Mm-hmm. And you get to sort of check out Craft & Co, which is, which is well uh, worth pretty the, cool. I mean, the visit. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, just thought we'd mention that. So Luxembourg dinner tomorrow night and Craft & Co hosting a 10-course uh, meal upstairs Wednesday the 29th of June and proceeds go to Sacred Heart Mission, which yes. is all about um, keeping people fed, mm. giving them nourishment, food for the soul mm. and food for the guts, yeah. which is um, a good thing. Yeah, what else have I got? That's about it for that. Now we can move on to what today is. Today is not Father's Day. 
That's what the Americans do. Yeah, it's, it is in America. We got confused temporarily. Here in Australia, Father's Day is in September. Yes. But if you're seeing stuff on Facebook that says things like Happy Father's Day, then it's, um, it's American. <laughs> Father's Day. Father's. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Hope you're having a... <clears throat> Stop it. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, today's food quote at uh, 12.14. We're going to move on in a sec. Um, PJ O'Rourke. Yes. That uh, marvellous... Um, well, he was a Republican, wasn't he? He probably still is. I wonder if he still is with the shenanigans that are happening. Yeah. But he said something funny about fish. Yeah. <laughs> Doing my first dog impression. Um, fish is the only food that is considered spoilt once it smells like what it is. Boom, boom. Ponderous there. Um, and let's see. What else do we have here? Um, what have we got here? Fish is the only... Is anything interesting happening here today? Um, it's Dairy Goat Awareness Week. I think that's in America, though. But where did I find that thing? Uh, this apparently was one of the first doors with a photoelectric cell was um, first made on this day. Really? Round about, uh, yes, around about 1931. Yes. The first commercial doors operated by a photoelectric cell were installed on the swinging doors between the kitchen and dining room of Wilcox Piers Restaurant in West Haven, Connecticut. Yeah, right. So that would be, what, the first automatic door? Pretty much. That would have been, like, the future had arrived in 1930. Yeah. Look at this. I just walked to the door. Oh, my God. Opens. It just opens up magically. Uh, and then also on today, um, in 1987, mm. Ben and Jerry Ice Cream introduced a new ice cream flavour, Cherry Garcia. Oh, I see what they did there. Yeah, I think it's Love a good pun. Love a good pun. Yeah. Well, look, it's 12.15 here on... A fairly nondescript sort of a Sunday, isn't mm. it? Yes. And maybe it's one of those days where it's a good just to sort of maybe sit back, ruminate, maybe reflect on things that uh, that have happened in your life, perhaps. And the notion of comfort food. Mm. And comfort food, to me, well, I'm not, um, I'm a Pat Malone here, is sort of about what foods were cooked for you. Hmm. When you didn't cook yourself. So the food that was cooked by your mum ends up being the comfort foods. And I remember you, we were talking about this this morning, mm. and you mentioned about the Italians. And what, what's the Italians? You know, Giorgio Locatelli was once asked, what do you cook if you want some comfort food? And he said, well, I'm Italian. All of our food is comfort food. Yeah, right. Well, I got Max to uh, to do a little bit of a poem a while ago. It's called Pot Roast. And it brings out those sort of things. And once Max clears his throat, we'll hear what he says. <clears throat> Pot roast. I gaze upon the roast that is sliced and laid out on my plate. And over it I spoon the juices of carrot and onion. And for once I do not regret the passage of time. I sit by a window that looks on the soot-stained brick of buildings and do not care that I see no living thing. Not a bird, not a branch in bloom, not a soul moving in the rooms behind the dark panes. These days, when there is little to love or praise, one could do worse than yield to the power of food. So I bend to inhale the steam that rises from my plate, and I think of the first time I tasted a roast like this, it was years ago, in Seabright, Nova Scotia. 
my mother leaned over my dish and filled it. And when I finished, filled it again. I remember the gravy, its odour of garlic and celery, and sopping it up with pieces of bread. And now I taste it again. The meat of memory, the meat of no change. I raise my fork and I eat. There's Max, he's just in the kitchen and he's uh, getting that uh, sweet potato chilli happening for today at Cherry. Thanks for that, Max. It's done a few footy seasons ago, but it still sounds amazing and still, well, you know, comfort food from generation to generation, from millennia as we have uh, we have grown as a species. We've yes. always had that, I think. Yes. It's, um, it's a very, very profound thing. But uh, we might um, – actually, I might ask John and, uh, and Joseph about their comfort foods because they're probably a little bit different with their, yeah. um, you know, different, different histories. But that's coming up in the show a little bit later on. If you've just tuned in, you're on 3 R. You're listening to Eat It on Sunday afternoon. We forgot to mention what you did yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, but um, I might just do a little coming up. We've got John sure. McClay, yes. who's going to be talking about foods that suck yes. in flavour. No, one, two, three, <laughs> because that didn't really work. And uh, also, uh, Rumi's remembrance of things past. Yes. Uh, remembrance of Rumi's past. A rumination, if you like. Oh, stop it. Stop it. Um, <laughs> just a second. <laughs> Ow! Okay, I'm stopping it. Uh, yeah, Joseph Abud, um celebrating. We are celebrating with him because uh, I was lucky enough to be invited to celebrate the 10th anniversary. Mm-hmm. So we thought, hey, come on in. We'll, uh, let's talk about uh, those 10 years and how things have changed. 10 years in hospitality is no mean feat. That's it, a lot of places die well before 10 years. And people said that he was crazy opening <laughs> up in the northern suburbs when he did. You're crazy, Joseph. <laughs> and he just looked at them with a steely eye and went, no. Actually, you didn't say that. Yeah. You said something else. Who knows? But um, <laughs> yes. Um, also, just if you if you're up for something to do, yeah. and if you want, uh, you could do a lot worse than mm. go to the Paran Market and uh, go to the Truffle Festival that's uh, taking place there. I mm. went yesterday. Yes, and it was rather fun. And you have in your hand. I've got a little jar of some Tuba Melanosporum, which yes. is uh, also known as the black truffle. Um, and you know, it's kind of weird. No, you know what's kind of good? What? Much like as we sort of, years and years ago, to have Australian olive oil was sort of like this weird sort of mm. um, strange thing mm. we weren't sort of used to. Uh, but now it's so mainstream that you can get Australian olive oil in your supermarket. And I'm not suggesting that you'll go down to, you know, aisle three of Coles and... And get your, your get truffles. Your truffles. <laughs> well, it'd be a beautiful world if you could. Well, you're right though. You can get them at the market. So I've seen them mm. at uh, South Melbourne Market and you obviously Pran Market with the Truffle Festival um, at the right time of year, which of course is now. Is now. And it is. It's getting back to that whole thing of that it's, it's expensive, but it's not, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because you don't need to use much. And it's a great, it's a great taste and it's a wonderful thing to do maybe, you know, once a year. But it's good fun. Um, I saw maker and monger, Anthony. Mm. Anthony has been doing some – he's been doing an amazing dish where he's got a parmesan and he's hollowed it out. Really? And, and, and he put pasta, swirl pasta in there with yeah. a bit of stuff and serves it up. Yeah, right. Um, boy, he was busy. <laughs> he was really, really busy. I'm <laughs> sure he, he couldn't – like his arms were up about here. 
Which mixing is the above, stuff above the above the shoulders. Think of a, you can't see. Think of a bikey with the monkey bar sort of thing. Oh, and you know, stupid high handlebars. Stupid yeah. high handlebars. And you know, you think about these guys. They get off the bike, and they probably their arms stay up there. I reckon Anthony's going to be brought to you by Voltar. And, uh, and the, but there's lots of stuff. Lots of stalls. Lots of booze. Lots of truffles. Uh, truffle dogs. Yeah, it's, look, it's just um, a lot of fun. Mm. It really, really is. So it is. 12.22 here on 3 Triple RFM. Should we get a guest Let's after some stuff? After some mortgage yeah. to be paid. Pay the mortgage. After this. Wow, that was so cool. Yeah, cocktail music. That's bidding, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Eat It Today is brought to you by Mastication. Um, and we've been masticating. And Joseph Abud had to flee the studio because he thought his sound of mastication would be too <laughs> much. Too, too loud. Too much. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we've got all our pastries from Gontrain Chirier, uh, which is kind of nice. We also, as I do, as I... Turn, turn my microphone almost Sean McAuliffe like. Yes. Yes, it is very that much, isn't it? Yes. yes. John McClay. <laughs> Good morning, Cam. Good morning, Hello. Matt. What's your take on things? My take on Sorry, things is off. stuff. <laughs> stuff? <laughs> yes. Okay. And particularly this morning, stuff that sucks. Stuff that sucks. <laughs> uh, yes, foods that really suck. Up flavour. Um, because mm, the food kingdom is full of things that are. Maybe we talk about flavour sponges. Okay, well, it's funny. I was just talking to Joseph out there, and I mentioned the what I was room. doing in the green room. I yes. just uh, mentioned what I was doing. He goes, "I can only think of eggplant," and that was the one thing I didn't think oh, of. Bam. So there you go. So uh, yeah, thank you, like, Joseph. yeah, thanks, Joseph. On your mate, he's so, waving, going, "No worries." Juicy, inhale that pastry. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are very tasty. Wow. Yeah. So, so I guess, like, you know, I'm obviously the the Asian guy. So and he's, eggplant. Uh, yeah, eggplant. Well, you know, that's uh, it is used in Asian food, but I didn't think of it because it's mainly used in Middle Eastern. Whereas I, I always yeah, take the Asian route. Mm, mm, the Asian, the Asian road, more travelled, we'd have to say, um, yes. is happening. And eggplant in particular, when you think about all the different bloody varieties, because you've got the great big huge ones that we have, and then if you go to Thailand, you get these little tiny ones that almost look like berries, don't they? Yeah, the little pea eggplants. They yeah. can be extremely bitter, so you know. Can they? Just, like, yeah, they can be. Yeah, and because that's something that doesn't suck up flavour, actually, because they are like a pea, so oh. they've got a, quite a hard shell. So we're talking about the wrong eggplant here. Wrong, yeah. wrong, wrong, yeah. wrong. But um, when I did give you this sort of thing, because um, just to position you, in case you've been living under a rock, John McClay is the head chef at Red Spice Road. has been for how many years now? Uh, we're coming up to nine years at Red Spice Road. Oh, that's Road. right, because yeah. we were saying, yeah, we've got to do a 10th anniversary for you. Absolutely, we certainly will Because we, we did Joseph for a yeah, decade. it was a fun night. Um, it was fun, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was, was really, really, really fun. But... Um, so you've, your sort of mastermind subject is sort of the area of, say, Southeast Asia with Japan, bit of China. Yeah, that's correct. Little bit, because when I started going hot pot, you just looked at me and you, the finger went out, went, no. Yes, enough of that. Yes. We don't mention the word hot No, look, we do the occasional thing of hot pot, but yes. yeah, I'm more of a Southeast Asian. Southeast Asian. But I, I love Japanese food as well, so absolutely adore it. Well, if you get down to a cuisine that if you had to eat every day, I reckon I think it would be uh, Japanese um, but maybe let's let's start off with a list of sort of some of your favourite. We'll do the Julie Andrews. The Julie Andrews. Yeah, yeah these are a few of my favourite. Oh, certainly. Foods okay, I'm, I'm, I'm on it now. For a minute, there I was like, "What the hell is what? Julie Andrews?" Oh yeah. Christ, he's going to get me on a yeah. mountain. The I'm hills have to are alive. Get a dress, and we go. Okay, just twirl around, John. We got the helicopter <laughs> how's coming. How's this? How's this? <laughs> yeah, come on. No, you look great, mate. Did you, you should have shaved though, buddy. And I should have <laughs> wore underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Woo. <laughs> but okay, so. 
some of your favourite foods that suck in flavour? Foods that suck in flavour. Okay, well, daikon is one of my favourites. Like, a, it's a sponge for... What, uh, what is a daikon? Daikon, oh, I just call it's it like a white... Big, it's big a white, white carrot. Yeah, a massive white carrot, realistically. Yeah. They're actually, in, in Malaysian food, there's, there's a, a thing called a carrot cake, which you actually stir-fry, and carrot cake doesn't contain carrot. It contains daikon. Just get out of here. There you go. Those, so, those there you go. freaky Malaysians. I know, I know. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. But I, I also love, and this is quite a basic thing, a carrot. I yes. love a carrot in a in a stewy casserole type thing because it it becomes quite sweet and it absorbs beautiful flavour. And one other thing I really it like it gives and it takes. It doesn't does. It? I it know. It gives sweetness amazingly. Exactly. It's kind of like a metaphor for how we should live our life. The carrot give out sweetness. That's right. And take in some of the influences around you. Absolutely. If only the world was like that. If only Donald Trump could place. read that. Yes, He's exactly. a carrot head, but he doesn't have that, <laughs> that ethos. Yeah, that is true. We, that is get, true. we need to develop that, Don. Yes, we do, Don. Give. Do- no, anyway, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and dreaming. another little one I like, it's, it acts actually as a flavour sponge because it looks like a sponge inside, is yeah. an elephant ear stem, which is used in is Vietnamese food. Is that legal? Food. Yes, it is. It is legal. It's got nothing to do with an elephant. But you don't have to buy, pay an ivory poacher you to get that. You don't have oh, to good. go to Africa or India to get it. No, nice. not at all. It's elephant ear. What is elephant it? Ear. Uh, it's like a, it's a, a big long, stemmy thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, big stemmy thing. You'll find it in Asian grocery stores. Um, mm. You cut it up, uh, mainly used in soups, but it actually absorbs every bit of flavour. And it does yeah. actually look like a sponge, doesn't it? Absolutely. And a, another great sponge thing that's used in something that everybody's had is a bean curd puff in laxa. It acts as an incredible sponge. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's and, pillowy. And, and it's, it is pillowy. Mm. Um, and I'm just wondering, just tofu in itself can be... Yeah, tofu absorbs flavour. If um, something's pretty tasteless, like uh, there's a tuna called albacore tuna, it's quite tasteless, mm. yeah, but it's quite a cheap tuna that you don't really see around much anymore. Yeah, me and my mate used to call it the, to- uh, the tofu of the sea. Oh, really? Thing. Yeah, because it just and absorbed flavour. Is, um, is that a sustainable tuna? It's not like eating bluefin, is it? It's not like eating bluefin. Like blue, bluefin ain't as sustainable... Well, it just isn't. No, no, it's not at all. And yeah. Yeah, any bluefin caught here goes straight to Japan nowadays anyway. And do we, uh, sorry, we, we've, I've just taken a, a, a left-hand turn, but we farm bluefin, don't we? Yes, we do. We do, okay, yeah. anyway, cause, so we move on from there. Mm-hmm. But um, getting back to the first notion of that big white carrot that you were talking about, yep. the daikon, yep. a lot of us are used to seeing that on sushi plates grated up and, and things like that. That's how most of us know it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and But... Yes. If you if you stick it in in a, in a stock, what happens? Stock. We stick it in a stock. It will absorb the flavour, and, and it'll actually absorb the colour as well. Yeah. So it'll uh, if you put it, yeah, braise it in a soy sauce kind of base dish, it'll it'll absorb the colour and change colour, kind of go yellowish. Mm. Yeah, so and but it just acts as an incredible flavour sponge, and it will hold together for a long time as well. It does that too. Yeah, I know. It? It's kind of it'll go incredibly soft, but still hold together. Yeah. It's a miracle. It is a miracle. Hey, do you go to the Vic Market much? I do. I walk past there a hell of a lot. All right. So you mornings. know, have you met John, who does the market reports, Tomato City? No, no, I haven't. Okay. Well, next to him, anyway, it's sort of near the Dairy Doors. Is mm-hmm. um, the Chinese the Chens? Yes, and yes, Robbie, been around forever. You know, yeah, Robbie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Robbie was the first one who told me about the. Daikon in a hot pot, okay, or in a in a soup, and he's yep. going, "Yeah, dude, I love this." This, and I think we're talking about it probably about this time of year. And he went, "Mate, it's fantastic." Yeah, it is. It's and I said, "Really?" And he sort of looked at me like I was a little bit stupid. But, you know, <laughs> that's yeah. uh, that's sort of Robbie's way, and it's, it's fair enough. But um, maybe the any other sort of things that you can think of that um, take in flavour. 
Well, well, a simple potato takes in flavour. Mm. You, know, you put a potato in any kind of stew or something, it's gonna, it's certainly going to suck in flavour, that's for sure. And and another one is okra. That's incredibly... It, once again, used in um, Central American. Yeah, oh, very polarising. Yes. Yeah, it, um, either like it or you don't, and sometimes it doesn't like your stomach. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, it can have some um, adverse effects to your stomach. So, but, and the thing so that- definitely not a date food. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, remember that. Yes, so, uh, yeah, don't do that. Don't do chicken wings on a first date? No, 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 no. Probably too, not a good idea. Too, too messy, too messy. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Um, the other one that I was thinking of, there is sort of, um, there is a, a meaty type of flavour sponge that I can think of. And uh, it, another thing that can be incredibly polarising, especially to vegetarians, but I will mention it, and just let me get away with this if you could, is um, is tripe. Oh, definitely, yes. Definitely. Because uh, tripe is um, as good as the flavour that you put into it. And uh, a lot of people that I speak to in the past, boomers, baby boomers especially, were freaked out by two things in their childhood. One was that the pressure cooker was going to blow up and kill everybody. Yeah, yeah, I'm still yeah. scared of that. Yeah, yeah. okay, the, the <laughs> thing, you know, the thing going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you're always told it's going to go through the roof and yeah. you put your head over it, it's going to go straight through your head. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And, mm-hmm. and the other thing is tripe cooked in parsley sauce. So yeah. a bechamel with parsley that was probably washed out to get rid of any of the colour and the flavour from it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that you, you're scaring me. Like I, I forgot about these two things, but okay. now I'm going to have nightmares. So right. yeah, but yeah as, <laughs> sorry, yeah, John. No, that's right. If anybody who likes tripe, they know it's better in a tomato, a tangy kind of sauce. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Or yeah. uh, lemon and thyme was one of yeah. the first things that um, I got taught by some Italian nonnas. Oh, okay, yeah. and it was just fantastic. But. You are right, though. It does absorb flavour. I mean, that's why you never see tripe sashimi. I mean, you don't. Just don't you just don't see it. And, and thank God for that. All right. Well, look for the vegetarians out there. We'll get off this this awful subject. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, sorry about that. We're moving on. But we talk about you know the foods that take in flavour, but we haven't really spoke about the flavour that they should take on. All right. Well, we'll see what I did there. I, I like the way you linked that. Then, yeah, very nice, very nice. It's 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 yeah. It's a pleasure to see a professional in action. <laughs> tell, uh, tell us about the sort of stocks and soups that, well, from an Asian the, style. The that simple we can one do. and getting you know, back to the vegetarians. Mm. Um, the uh, the um, a daikon with shiitake mushrooms. Now it's, oh, it's yeah, yes. yeah yeah really simple. Just with some. Um, well, I'm actually using some dashi here, so I'm going away from the vegetarians a little bit. Whoops. But you can, you can leave it out. Some um, missed some, by that much. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Just some um, some some rice wine, um, some soy sauce, um, some dashi, and some ginger. Rice wine. And yeah, soy. just simply yeah, bang that in with some daikon and shiitake mushrooms, and realistically, you know, simmer for about you know. 25 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, chuck in a lot of uh, fresh, freshly chopped spring onions at the end to, to give it a bit of a kick and a bit of oomph. Which, which part of the spring onions? Uh, do you have a thing I, about I'm, spring onions? I'm not. I'm white okay, or cool. green. I don't white care. Or green. I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. Once again, how the world I don't be. discriminate. No, I don't. I, I don't. don't. And that's a really simple dish that's incredibly tasty. I mean, you can add to that some cabbage if you want. Yes. Which is another thing that sucks up flavour. Yes. But um, daikon, spring onions, and shiitake mushrooms. Delicious with how, a, a simple little broth. How much should you spend for your shiitake mushrooms? Because they can go from. There's a whole bunch of grades, like you know, from just. Are, are we like talking here. fresh or are we talking dried? I think I'm talking dried here, wouldn't I? For most people, would be, Dr- that'd be the easiest. I think so. I, like I get 
I don't mind getting the, the cheaper ones if they're going in brazers. Yep. It's, it's not so bad. So, look, I'm talking maybe $6.50 for, I'm not even sure of the size of the bag. They're pretty light once they're dried out. Mm. Maybe 200 gram bag or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, th- I think they do the job. As long as you take the core, uh, the the stem out, because that yes. can be quite woody. So they, I find the cheaper they are, the, the more woody the, the stem. And one of the best ways to get rid of that um, stem, I think, is with um, a pair of... And I hope you've got this at home, because the more I see of Asian cuisine, the more I see they use this, and it's the kitchen... Oh, just scissors. scissors. Yes, yeah, they you, love using the scissors. But don't they? And it's yeah. also the one thing I notice that's different about um, Asian cuisine to European is that a lot of the food is prepared up. They they hold stuff up. It's not done on a board. No. It's it's done close up. Yeah, and then, yeah they do it in their hands. So yeah. then, like, the way they prepare things, if you see them uh, chopping into a green papaya in Thailand using their hand and a knife, a big knife as well. Yes. Yeah, to us. Yeah. Like, us wouldn't be able to hold it too long because we wouldn't have any fingers. But yes. they seem incredibly I'm skilled at it. I'm losing too much blood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd love to help you. Yeah. Um, so uh, so uh, another thing. So stocks, um, doing things to get uh, flavour. You can get instant dashi. Yeah, definitely. The um, You can get dashi. I believe you can get it in tea bags in certain shops as well. Really? Like, yeah, you can. So if you go, I guess you'd have to be a Japanese specialty grocer. So you get dashi so you basically just dip it into your mm. your water and discard you know but what i always awesome. use the dashi granules which just kind yeah. of they, they just melt down anyway and yeah. one of my favorite places to buy things like that if uh, you're around this is sort of north side well yeah it is north side richmond min fat i yeah. mean oh fantastic it's Incredible. like the bunnings of asian oh, food. absolutely it is it, it is it, yeah just as confusing to get around yeah, yeah. And the other thing that's also great uh, is that across the road from Minfat, which is just off Victoria Street, is uh, – I can't remember the name of it, but it's a fruit and veggie place that is across the road from there, and they have the cheapest vegetables and fruit and one of the biggest ranges you will get in Melbourne outside of a market. It is. It's a, a fantastic The Vietnamese shop, shop yeah, there. It's incredible. It's amazing. You yeah. know the one I mean? Yeah, I and, do. And, yeah. like, the herbs you get there – Amazing. Yeah, and the, the amount of different leafy greens, insane, Amazing. incredible. Yeah, you can't you, you can't keep up with how many. The amount of eggplant. <laughs> well, once again, boom, a nice link. But there is five, six varieties of eggplant in there. Mm. It's incredible. And actually, just around the corner near the um, yeah. the railway bridge Whoa. is a fantastic little Thai supermarket as well. It's under. I don't know if you know a place called Jinder Thai, a restaurant called Jinder Thai. Uh, that famous for, for famous, years, yeah, for yeah, years. The, and, the, and the grocery store's next door, so yeah. it's really good. And they've got little pre-prepared um, Thai food in takeaway containers and stuff like that. It's a fantastic store. Really, yeah, really, yeah, really cool. Yeah. What sort of fish sauce do you use? Uh, squid brand, actually. Are you a Thai guy? Yeah, I've not a Vietnamese. No, I use I use the um, yeah squid brand. Okay, yeah. you don't use the Master Chef. No. Mega no, Chef, no. Mega Chef. Mega Chef. No, I don't use Mega Chef. I just use the squid. That was a no. That was a no. No, 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 no I don't. No, I'm, no. Like, I'm, I what? know there's different grades of fish sauce, but I'm, I'm not as fussy, I guess. Yeah. So to yeah. me, it's as long as you know your product, then yeah, there'll be some with more salt content than others. Yes. So if you know your product and you're comfortable using it, use the same one. All right. 12.38 here on 3 FM. So in summary... Some of your favourite uh, foodie sponges are... Okay. All right. Daikon? Yep. Okay. Eggplant? Thanks, Joseph. Carrot? Yes. Okay, which I love. Yeah. Um, also, elephant ear stem? 
Which you can get from, from Victoria uh, Street? Victoria Street, for yeah, sure, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Or for, um, Saigon Market out at Footscray, anywhere in Springvale, yes. Box Hill, get around there. That would be my best five. And actually, I really enjoy okra, but once again, not a date food. So <coughs> okra stir-fried in some... In a, a, some, a, a chili jam and stuff like that. I love it. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's very Moorish. You know the stuff you make salt and pepper squid from? You know, that sort of mix. Yes. It's uh, chili, coriander, uh, spring onion. Yeah, Am you I can use anything? some five-spice powder in there. Five-spice powder. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, but There's you do that with rice. okra. Yeah, a delicious, fried, incredible. Yeah, not on a first date. Uh, but I just want to bring Stedman in on this. Hello. Matt Stedman. Hello. Your thoughts on food as sponges? Food as sponges. Spongy um, foodies. Yeah, I just go straight to slow cooked and those sorts of things. So the mm. stuff yeah. that you would normally put in with the protein, so things like, um, I guess, potatoes, you should say. Yeah, potatoes. Sure. Root vegetables and those Carrots sorts of things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Are you going to cook with daikon? Uh, have we inspired you? I, I have cooked with daikon before. I've actually got a really good um, Japanese curry recipe, which is another curry martini yeah. go-to of mine. Uh, Excellent. Uh, which Thanks, has Karen. daikon, radish, and, and dark chocolate, believe it or not, wow. in, in the root to get it started. So, uh, wow. Yeah. It has to include chocolate in there somewhere, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, so it's a good Easter dish then, is it? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> Leftover eggs. Yeah. Make wow, look at the Easter bunny brought me. Weirdo. Okay, Matt, we are moving on. Um, we did have a bit of a remembrance of things past with Max Crawdaddy, mm. um, and we did pot roast where food can evoke things and comfort food and all that sort of stuff. And well, we're going to have uh, the remembrance of Rumi past. They haven't really gone anywhere. No, still here. Yes, ten years. I'm still here. Uh, Joseph Abud coming up next after this. Red lights on. That means we get to talk again. Twelve forty-seven here on Three Triple RFM. Uh, we were talking before about uh, oh, I don't know that fruit and veg place across the road from Minfat. But thank you, Alan Campion has come through. He has texted you in capitals. He's shouting at us. He's tweeted in capitals. It's called the Saigon Village Fresh Food Centre. Um, should be on everybody's to-do list if you want to get a great range. Three one three Victoria Street, and you can take the train. More or less. I guess. It's just near that train station, is it not? Yes, it is. Or the tram. Suit yourselves. Suit yourselves. Suit yourselves. Uber it. Suit yourselves. Twelve forty-seven, and um, and we look back on um, on a decade. The beginning of the decade. Some people came up to this gentleman. They said, "You're crazy." Opening up where you're thinking of opening, but uh, he looked him in the eye and he went, "No, I'm sticking to my guns because I'm that sort of a person." Ten years have passed, and uh, and Rumi has flourished and um, has provided great nourishment and soul and uh, and dedication to the people of the north and maybe some of the people who come from the south, David too. And he's in the studio this afternoon. Congratulations. Thank Thanks, you man. for enriching our cultural and our um, Epicurean landscape, Joseph Abud. Thanks. Thanks for those kind words. They're, I don't know if it was uh, pretty kind, it? steadfast <laughs> that brought me to Brunswick. Stubborn, more, more, stubborn more, bastard, more like, uh, Abud said. More like a lack of confidence and uh, ho- hoping nobody would uh, know if we stuffed it up. So uh, that's how we end. You know, I, didn't, I didn't have the confidence to open closer to the city. And also to be acknowledged, um, your your partner Nat, who's who stood by you and um, has um, enthused about what you were doing and 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 kept you going along the way. So that, yeah, that couldn't couldn't be... have happened. Definitely couldn't have happened without Nat. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone would have worked Senate with me hopeful? back then. 
Senate hopeful? Uh, no, no, uh, no, no, lower lower house seat that she's back off. Uh, okay. Anyway, Nat, thank you. But if you she gets too. it, she has to go to Canberra, and then then I'm in a spot then of you're bother. Screwed. <laughs> you are so screwed, dude. You'll be going. Ah, where's Nat? But okay, so it was ten years ago, and first of all, maybe give there might be people who don't know you, so maybe give an idea of your background and what was your motivation or inspiration to open up a place to feed people? So I worked for uh, Donovan Cook at Estes Est and then went to work at Circa mm. and then on Dean with Donovan and Philippa again. Uh, and it came to a point where... What does Donovan like to work with? He, he was Firm very, but fair? F- firm. He was very firm. <laughs> Very firm Don't split the anglaise with Donovan around Anyway, so so classic background More more towards the European sort of style of doing things It would have been, yes chef, we do things in a French way We do a a mirepoix And uh, yeah, definitely learn to use my knife there Nose the tar here, thanks very much (laughs) (laughs) Maybe for a couple of staff meals, but that was was about it So to... To cut a long story short, I think at, at that point I'd made the decision that I could never be as good as Donovan and right. I didn't have – I didn't think I had the commitment to take it that far. Really? I, I think you'd, you have to sacrifice it a yeah. hell of a lot to, to get to that stage. Indeed. And I wasn't prepared to do so. So the idea for Rumi really spawned from um, – you know, I, did, I didn't want to have a, a – for, for need of – Better way of putting it, a B grade Estes test, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. So okay. I thought if I couldn't do that, so then I had to do something else. So no Beur Blancs here. No, no Beur Blancs. No, so, and then I thought, I'm learning to, to cook and taste that food. But I that food, know how French to, classical. Yeah, yeah. I, European food and, European you know, what food. it's supposed to taste like. Yes. But I knew what Middle Eastern food was supposed to taste like, even though you had I'd never good, made it. But you had a good <laughs> reference point. Uh, absolutely. So, but, Who uh, was my or mother, is... My, my mother's cooking, but... Is she, is she listening? Uh, don't know. Why? Maybe. Why aren't you listening? There, she's probably getting ready to serve lunch. Oh, she probably right is, now. yeah. yeah. <laughs> she is. But so, so she is a phenomenal cook? No, no, just a really solid, uh, nourishing cook. You know? Yeah. Um, Feeds so her soul is what that, she gets. Absolutely. Yes. So, so there's no uh, romantic stories of uh, pulling on the apron strings and... <laughs> Like that, there's you know, uh, I, was, I was a young Lebanese man. Going, Get off my <laughs> uh, I was a young Lebanese man. There was no room for me in the kitchen, so it was. Uh, <laughs> and it took me quite a while of uh, working as a as a, an apprentice and then as a chef before Mum would really even talk to me about cooking at all. Really? Yeah. Dad's still spewing. I didn't become a fitter and turner. Really? Yeah. <laughs> could have got a real job. Yeah. Could you have. know, home at Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But you you decided to go off into this this tangent of um, instead of doing a B grade thing of um, food that isn't part of your culture, you decided bugger this, I'm going to embrace my own thing. Yeah, and yeah, I'm so going to I'm going to express myself through that vehicle. And and uh, you know what what uh, Greg Malouf was doing at Momo, um, was which is sort part of, of the first Middle Eastern diaspora, isn't it? When we look at that, that was so important. And maybe I would say to you that because of the Maloof diaspora, the people that came through Maloof's kitchen at O'Connell's and doing Middle Eastern food, that was the first thing that got um, Melbourne 
more comfortable with that palate. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, a great, maybe, that's a great and, way to put it. And yeah. maybe made it easier for you to to step in with what you were doing in the north. Well, yeah, so for example, uh, you know, I mentioned the other night we opened up a Middle Eastern restaurant uh, that didn't serve hummus or baba ghanoush or tabbouleh or, you know, and partly because uh, these guys had done it and they had put, they'd put it out there mm. and it, so it... it the the flavour spectrum had come onto onto the uh, you know into the Melbourne uh, palate and then I could do other things. You could do other things. I just I remember I just have to relay a story because I remember Maloof used to talk about this how he used to freak out his aunties and his mum by doing watercress to bully. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <They're> going, <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> freaking yeah. out. But but how did um, um, first of all so. Where did you open, and and tell us maybe a little bit about that, how that went, those first few seasons and the and getting started. Yeah, so we were uh, looking for um, a site for for a long time around around Brunswick, mm. uh, sometimes down to Fitzroy, but mostly around Brunswick. Yeah, uh, and then uh, we got this site. It was an old sort of corner failed restaurant or looked like it was failing anyway. Yeah, it's going uh, down. Went in there and said, hey, man, no one really comes into your restaurant. You can probably <laughs> tell by the, <laughs> the, the vultures circling above it. Going, do you think that... I think uh, we should go on this one. <laughs> yes. Do you think maybe you want to sell and... Uh, yeah, they went too, we? Yeah, so they, uh, you know, whenever you ask somebody if they want to sell, though, it becomes a lot more valuable to them than it is on day-to-day value. So, um, so hoping, yeah. And hoping that you're going to say, is cash okay? Yeah. Yeah. Dreaming. So actually, um, and the guy that ho- helped me negotiate it, a guy, Tony Fazio, who has taken over our old site in Elstonwick uh, with a classic Italian restaurant called La Vera Cucina that just opened last week. Mm. So he's taken over our old site there. The um, and so I was working for him as a second-year apprentice in a pizza place called Ragazzi in Middle Park. Um, so Ragazzi, this was yeah. way, way back in the day when wood-fired pizzas weren't very... Uh, well known. Well, yeah, they were they, they they weren't sort of the peak wood fired pizza we have now. Yeah, so Tony set up uh, the Stokehouse wood fired pizza, and then set up mm. Fazio's with his brothers in uh, Hampton. Then, so I worked for him as a second year apprentice, and he was sort of one of the few business people I knew that could do something like that. So he went and negotiated the deal for me. Oh, uh, we cut the deal, and that was my life savings plowed into this little restaurant in Ligon Street, Brunswick, and uh, you know. Really had no idea what we were doing, but we just went like a bat out of hell. Now, you said you didn't want to do just the normal sort of dishes. So what was the menu like? Uh, so some of the things were very traditional, things that you'd find at a home but not in a in a Lebanese restaurant. So this is the recipes so mum gave you? A little bit of that, yeah. Of so that. Be- Because the, the Lebanese restaurant has become a bit of a formula all over the world, you know. It's, it's like that classic... Same, or like a Greek restaurant. Yeah, you know, you so have there's have that, that formula. And I just didn't want to didn't want to go, go down that yeah. path again, you know. It's, uh, you want to mix so, it up. And for me, if I couldn't do that food as well as mum, mm. then what was what was... The value in doing it. Well, especially if mum comes to the restaurant and That's just looks right. at you in that weird way and you go, oh <laughs> Actually, my God. It's, fu- it's funny when uh, I can't people, look at my mum. People say, oh, your son's got a restaurant. Uh, is it well, a Lebanese restaurant? And she says, uh, uh, so <laughs> sort of. And she's embarrassed. Yeah, it's well. mixed. It's mixed. It's mixed. <laughs> we don't talk about I it. I think all she right? means he's mixed. He's mixed yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so over the years, so you're, oh, Jay, I'm using the J word. Cliche coming up. Yeah. In your journey, 
Sorry, we'll just get that over and done with. Matt's just thrown his head. Yeah, the cliche meat has gone on. But in the time that you've cooked, how has the food that you've done changed? And have there been things that have come and gone and come back again? What, what sort of stuff? How? Tell us about it. I, I think more the more the approach uh, is probably the best way I could answer that. Is you know you start off with your with your ideas of of dishes and mm. you know like I said some were very traditional, uh, some were a little bit quirky. And you put them out there, some things get received better than others. Mm. Um, and then despite being in Brunswick, we were found by plenty of press. Thank God for that because uh, it wasn't very busy until we got a few write-ups. Yeah, But then you get a few write-ups and you Danny, think... Danny Valant was one of the first so to... D- Danny Valant was one of, one of the you know the key people that, that wrote about us uh, and John Lethleen and Matt Preston back then. They were the sort of three main people that... You know, put us on the map. Danny listens uh, every now. Hi, Danny, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. hi, Danny. Actually, D- Danny was. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll get to Danny in a second as part of this story. So, you know, you start off and you do it, and then you get a few reviews, and then the people start coming, and the expectations hmm. are very high. So you think, yeah. oh man, Jesus. I better start cooking some good stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. Oh my god. So you, you start to get a little bit confused in what you're doing. You start to maybe try a bit hard. And I remember saying to speaking to Danny about it, and she said. The people wrote about you because they liked what you were doing. You don't need to change and yeah, impress yeah. anyone. That's that's what you know. Good advice from Danny. So yeah, a- absolutely. Um, so if anything, the approach has changed a little bit. You know, we started off very simple. Then you get you know a little bit more adventurous, and then you know a few guys come into the kitchen. And they want to um, sort of reinvent uh, the wheel. Yeah, reinvent yeah. the wheel. The you sort of go with it for a bit, this and then the you're like, ones. whoa, whoa, this is this is this is, not, this is not what we do. You know. It's, yeah. uh, so then you bring it all back again, back and off. yeah, so it's uh, it's great. I have got a, uh, a really great chef in there now, uh, Tom, who who just gets it, and it's so much easier when they just get it. So it's almost like the pendulum swinging, isn't Absolutely. it? From 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 homely to the experimental, and I'm just wondering, we've got about a minute left, Joseph. What are your comfort foods? Because we were talking about the sort of a bit of a theme is that remembrance of things past, even though we yeah. don't have to read it. It's okay, folks. Um, but foods from your past and food, the comfort foods, what, what are they when you... Uh, when, when, when we go up to mum and dad's, uh, which I'm literally heading up to there right now, there's always a bowl of uh, sambusik. Which What's are that? Like basically like samosas, you know, yeah. they're Lebanese sambusik. Yeah. yeah. Which dates back to uh, 12th century Baghdad, you know. We actually did a, we did an event where we read the poetry of that and mum brought them out and, you know, so, you know, nearly a thousand years on. So uh, they're, they're not that old, the ones that mum makes. So mm. that's a real comfort. It's really beautiful. Oh, well, look, I think well, one of the great things that you have brought great love and culture and comfort to a lot of people in Melbourne. That's the great thing about a restaurant too is that you give so much of yourself. So we say for the 10 years that you've been doing it, quite sincerely, Joseph, congratulations. Thanks, Cam. Where can we find you if people want to book in? Uh, Just Rumi. RumiRestaurant.com.au. Rumi All right. We, yeah. we better go because otherwise Matt's going to start mentally yeah. winding up. We have to say Sunday lunch is coming up next. Coming on, and they have been... Awesome. Great. I can't wait to see weeks. which uh, record label we're going to be highlighting yeah. this week. So uh, certainly worth uh, st- sticking around for, as is all the shows running through to the evening tonight. You've been listening to Eat It on 3 Triple R. We've got to get out of here. Matt, I have to say a big thanks to you. Thank you, Cameron. Joseph, again, lots of love to you, buddy. Thank thanks. you so much. Thanks for having me. See you later, folks. See you. 
You've been listening to a podcast from Australia's best-known community radio station, 3RRR, 102.7 in Melbourne. For more podcasts, information about upcoming events and our live stream, please visit our website at rrr.org.au.